Welcome to the Solve for Greatness podcast with your hosts, Dr. G and Budima. This podcast hopes to inspire everyone to realize their own greatness, maximize their potential, and create massive impact. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 16, where we talk about our reflections from our amazing, amazing episode with Chitrani Palipana. Kihan, are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready for this one. I'm so ready for this. What an absolutely epic, epic Mother's Day episode. Mm. Is uh, we are we are massive fans of Dinesh, but Auntie is she's awesome. I just love that episode so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were so many times I felt like, you know, just experiencing and seeing what she went through. It seemed like I was kind of talking to my mom as well. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. My my wife was listening to the episode and you know how she's reading her letter at the start? Mm. At the end of the letter, she's like, this is already my favorite episode so far. <laughs> <laughs> it just perfectly encapsulated, I think, what it means to be a mom. And that just like, Pure unconditional love, like in its purest form. I think it's it was on display, and I think any mum, you know, we can can relate to that, and of course we can relate with our mums as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I found the most interesting was just how easy it was to talk with her, and how open of a book she is, even after going through a lot, like as much as she has and still having the strength and the courage to be able to empower those around her, you know, and potentially provide them a service that she may have wanted or needed when she was in their position. I absolutely love when people take darkness and adversity and then just turn it into something that's of service and Dinesh and auntie are doing that in spades. It's just even some of the stories she was saying of like the impact they're making is just inspiring. Absolutely inspiring. Yeah. So one thing after talking to auntie that came into my mind and and it's still, I don't quite have a solution for it yet, but I would love you to provide one. Now, <laughs> if possible. yeah, let's let's solve this. Yeah, let's solve this right now. <laughs> it really resonated her story with me because I have a lot of patients who are single moms, and I see it all the time. You know, they're they're moms, so that unconditional love, ridiculous level of sacrifice is always there, and it's absolutely beautiful. You know, they'll literally do anything for their child, but often what happens in the process is that the mum themselves loses a bit of themselves in the process. They lose a lot of identity and they don't necessarily have a separate life or separate identity outside 
being a mum. So a lot of their goals, their own personal goals and dreams and visions might fall to the side. And what auntie was talking about, which I absolutely loved, is that her approach to her people that she works with is, of course, to help the child, but to also to empower the mum to live out their dreams and live out their goals. And I love when she's like, I start with what they want out of life. Like, what are their goals? What are their dreams? Mm. How empowering is that, right? So then I, I was just trying to grapple with like the logistics of that and how to actually make that happen for a mom because it is very difficult. For example, auntie, she... She was working and then she had to make a decision to look after Dinesh or work, which is obvious. You know, you're always going to pick your child. But then you're left with no income. I mean, you might have funding, but you don't have an income. And then in that time, you're, you're not progressing in your career. You're not upskilling. And of course, it, there'll be so many barriers to get back into the workforce. And maybe you had a dream of whatever, you know, but it seems much easier to, to sacrifice those dreams and look after your child. But I, what if we can have both? What would that look like? How can we do it? Like if, if I was to put it on you, like if you were a, a single mom, you're in your early thirties and let's say your child, touch wood, has a, like a different ability and it requires you not to work. Like how would you rebuild? And how would you still live out your own dreams? Oh man, <laughs> that's that's heavy. I mean, it's it's. I'd definitely give Chitrani Auntie a call. <laughs> that's the answer. That's I'd be, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she would be the first person I'd go to. I think it's interesting that the idea and the concept of identity, and it kind of goes back to what we've discussed previously, but thinking that that is now your or the person that you have changed into or the circumstances that you're presented with, which is the different ability in your child, those set of circumstances now are becomes your identity. I think for a lot of caregivers, I think you're forgiven for feeling that way, for thinking that way because it's innately within us to be dispositioned towards thinking that and thinking that that is now your future. However, I, again, to take your point in what um, Chitrani auntie is trying to empower the, the people in those situations or circumstances is that she's saying that that doesn't have to necessarily be your identity. Your identity can be whoever you want it to be. But it's not thinking that they had a choice in the first place mm. and, and giving them their choice back. I think that's the most amazing thing that auntie's doing. I agree. I think it's the, it starts with knowing or believing that you can have it all. Like the destination might look similar, but how you get there will probably be very different. But regardless, I love it. And it's like the destination is whatever you decide. Mm, yes, you know? exactly. And it, there's, no, there's no caveats there. It's just like, no, no, it's 
whatever you want. <laughs> what do you yeah. want? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll push you. I, I know this is a really difficult question, but I think it, it's a good exercise in empathy for us as well. Like, like how can we actually? I mean, there, there will be probably months to years of rebuilding just to get the routines in order, get the funding in order. And let's say you've got to that stage. You're a very driven guy. You want to be a CEO one day, change the world, make a massive impact. But in this context, how would you make it happen? In this scenario? Mm, that's a, it's a very difficult question to answer because I'm not faced with those certain set of circumstances. But I would... I believe that my role in life is to empower the people around me or to create an environment that empowers the people around me. And so I would look at ways I would be able to lean on that, on my purpose, to be able to provide value to those that are around me. And that would be my family. So how do I, how do I create value through empowering the people around me would be what I try and do initially. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about specific steps at the start, it would be surrounding myself with the right areas of support because it's your life is forever changed at that point. Mm. Your life will never be the same. And that, that's, that's obvious, right? Yeah. So then that means that the support system, the support network around you also, it would help if that changed at the end of the day because the support system and the network that you had, it was, it assisted you in the life trajectory that you were previously on. So I think it would be a combination of looking at how I can live into my purpose now that, that my fundamentally the trajectory of my life has changed and it would also be surrounding myself with the right areas of support to be able to do that for the people around me, I would say. Yeah. I know, I know it's, <laughs> it's a particularly difficult question to answer, but that, was, that would probably be how I would approach it. Yeah, I love it. So support is huge. And that was a huge, huge recurring theme even now, in Dinesh and Auntie's story, as you were saying that, you said the trajectory of your life would change. I'm just wondering, I mean, based on the, the way that Auntie asked that question, like, what are your dreams? What are your goals? What do you actually want out of your life? Maybe the trajectory, like the, the direction is still the same. It's just, you know, there'll be a lot of detours. I think I should probably um, clarify. By trajectory, I probably mean journey. Yeah. 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 The journey will definitely change. The destination doesn't necessarily have to. Well, yeah, you would have an idea of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The destination wouldn't have to change. And because of the person that I am, I would have known that I will find a way to make it work by prioritizing the things that are most important to me. Now, that may not necessarily be the case with other people or other, other individuals that potentially find themselves in those circumstances. So I think 
the way that you get to that goal, which is your journey, will change. Yeah. But the yeah, the the end product may not necessarily be different. So that's that's what I mean by trajectory, I think. Um yeah. In that case, yeah, we're on the same page here. So cool. The journey will look different. So just to keep pushing you on this, because I think the more I push you, I think the more gold you will release. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you've got your supports and you are surviving. You know, your day-to-day things are sort of having some level of predictability and normality. And in terms of empowering your family, you're doing a great job. How do you empower yourself now to to do your what you want out of life specifically for I mean it'll it'll be all interlinked with the family, but in terms of whether you had any particular professional goals, whether it's still wanting to be a CEO or whatever, what would that look like? Because you you would still have challenges or problems to solve in terms of you know being the primary carer for your for your child, but also time, like you might not have as much time as someone else in in a similar position to you, but who is not a parent or is not a single mom or single dad. So how would you navigate that part of the journey? Mm, yeah, this is a very difficult question to answer. Again, just based on the fact that I'm not presented with those. So in fact, I mean, I don't even have a kid. (laughs) 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 It's really difficult question to ask because it's so far into the future, the way that I see it. And to give any kind of answer, I would be using the lens that I currently have to answer that question. Whereas the answer that I give in it, number of years' time will be different. Give the answer through your lens now. You've described your journey until a position of relative security, but you still haven't described the journey from how you self-actualize and achieve your dreams and your goals, your specific to you, which may not be directly related to the family. Of course, it'll be linked, but... Yeah, I think that's a separate, that might be a separate question though. Because the way that I currently do, I don't think I necessarily do it very well. I think for me, I do it in a way that served me well so far. But I know that if I want to get to where I want to be in the near future, I'll need to be a lot more systematic and structured in the way that I approach my development. So I don't think I'm the best person to ask this question. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very difficult question to answer only because the variable, there's just too many assumptions that I would make to have a meaningful, yeah, I don't necessarily think it would be genuine, the answer. Because there's just so many assumptions that I would be making. Sure, sure. Look, and I think, like, uh, for for example, for example, I'd be assuming that we're in a financially stable position. And by we, I mean my family. Yeah. Assume that. 
financially stable in in a setting of like funding because you're still you're not working. So you you have now you have enough funding to have carers and. Mm, that's not necessarily the reality, though. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a financially stable set of circumstances to find yourself in, unless you're wealthy. Well, then maybe the next step in this journey is to get to financial stability. Yeah. Exactly. So, so again, like the, these are just assumptions that I'm making. I'd love to say, oh yeah, I'm going to overcome this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to set this kind of strategy in place. But it's not going to be that way. It just isn't. Like it, at the start, it's, it's going to feel like your entire world is just falling apart in front of you. And that's not because of the circumstances you, that you're faced with. It's because of coming to terms very quickly that the future that you've thought and you've built up in your head for yourself and your family is completely different. And you now having to come to terms with that, plus also come to terms with looking after someone potentially for the foreseeable future, potentially for the rest of your life. Again, like I'd love to say that I'll make all the right moves and I'll, you know, (laughs) but this is... There's so many assumptions that I'm making. I mean, I, you know, I don't even think it would probably take me a year to rebuild. It would take me lo- much, much, much longer than that. Like, you know, at the end of the day, we're human, you know. And I'd want to say I'd do my absolute best, absolute best to empower the people around me or create an environment that can empower the people around me. And that's... That's something that I can say with confidence. That's something that I can say will I will always try and do, no matter the circumstances. You know, so that's yeah. powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> yeah. and it's it's a it's a very difficult question I ask and I keep asking. And part of it is just to see what comes out. Mm. But at a deeper level, I think it helps us empathize and reflect on how challenging, like truly challenging that scenario is and I guess empathizing with moms and single moms or parents of people with uh, children with different abilities and yeah I, I feel more strongly about advocacy now and and at least being part of the solution and even if that's what auntie was saying is like funding is the biggest barrier Maybe in the interim, like something simple like a donation could be useful. But yeah, I think it just just to empathize with how challenging, like truly challenging it is. When you actually start thinking about the logistics, the variables, well, how will this work? Well, actually, that won't work because I will be home or I won't be able to work. Or, you know, it sounds very, very complicated. Mm. And... Like you, I don't have a solution necessarily. And the solution will probably look, almost certainly look different for every single person in in a situation like this. Yeah. But I would say that there is a solution. And (laughs) yeah, it's to your point, like, you know, just trying your best and just seeking out that solution. Because auntie spent four years without knowing that you could have a disability parking permit, Mm. you know? Yeah. See, that's that's something that I think our society can do better on. 
Absolutely. I think the raising awareness in that knowing that there are ways we can empower empower individuals to to seek out those those mechanisms in our society that allow them to be able to live a more dignified life and and to have that crucial funding that's necessary to adjust to the change to this massive change and i just found it really interesting when Dinesh, she would have been surrounded by multiple doctors. And I'd just like to get your thoughts on this as well. Like, would have been surrounded by multiple doctors. But it seemed like there was a failure on the medical personnel or, or on that aspect of it to help auntie realize that there is support available, you know, financially, personally. There's definitely support and even potentially even professionally. Like there's support out there. Like what, what are your thoughts around that? I had a similar line of thinking to you. I just thought it was a massive shame that there wasn't any, from what, the way she tells the story, it was just that like the doctor or lecturer from med school who said, what are you doing? Like there is funding. And then that was mm. it. Like that, that started the process. So I'm not sure. And just trying to picture myself in the, in the shoes of those doctors and GPs so it's known in the in the medical field that there are these kinds of mechanisms for funding, is it? Or yeah, for anyone with disability, the NDIS is available, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Other sort of streams of funding, I'm not as familiar with. And what Auntie was talking about was some of what she was alluding to. They're they're quite like creative streams of revenue, like, you know, reaching out to not-for-profits and that sort of stuff. That's not necessarily like a systematic way to get funding, right? That's like a very tailored individual approach. And personally as a GP, there could be an element of like someone else is sorting it out sort of thing. Mm. Like someone else is already looking after it. And then there's another element of like, it's just so hard to navigate the process. So alongside one of my patient psychologists, we did a, an application to the NDIS. It was so long. Like I literally, at the time I was doing 30 to 40 minute consults with this person every two weeks just to fill out the, the forms. Like, cause he, he, he had, um, he had dyslexia. He was someone with autism and ADHD. So, and he was homeless as well. So like, how do you, how does someone like that navigate the paperwork? Because I don't know if you've ever called like Centrelink or NDIS, like it's, it's like, it's really hard to navigate and you often get put to different people and it's not a very streamlined process and it can be very disempowering. And yeah, in terms of even the support, it's a very difficult process to get. Once you get it, it's nice. We had a, another pa- patient who, who was like similar, not not homeless, but close. And then she got funding to do her normal daily activities. So I think she got like thirty k for the year. She was like over the moon. However, that still doesn't cover a lot of things. 
it's very specific what it covers. So she had a lot of physical health conditions, which it didn't cover the treatment for. And yeah, it's messy. It's messy. And even as a GP, as I'm, as I'm saying this, like it's not super clear what to, there's super clear what the plan B, the plan C, the plan D is. Like the first step is fine, but then it's like, if that doesn't work or it's taking four months to do the bloody application, like then what? Like, what do you, what do you do in the meantime? Um, and yeah. more. And the fact that auntie is, you know, having to reach out to not for profit suggests that the funding is, is limited from the, the government or there are some, a lot of barriers, which is a shame. Wonder wish. Yeah. As she was saying, I mean, $40, $45 an hour for a carer, that could impact, man. That will change yeah. someone's, someone's life. Getting a mom or a dad or a caregiver some sleep or some time to go and have some coffee with friends. That's like seeing it firsthand. That's like life-changing stuff for people. Yeah. Controversially, <laughs> maybe I'll regret saying this, but I would happily pay more tax if that's, that's the sort of stuff my money goes yeah. to. You know? Yeah, and... I completely agree. I completely, it's actually empowering for me to know that my tax dollars are going to absolutely worthy causes like this. Mm. And my preference would be that more of it goes to causes like this, which is kind of what we're hearing from society at this stage, you know, as, as some of the people that use these services. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. Like my mom, I think she's the only person that I know is is like excited about paying tax. <laughs> and <laughs> I bring that up partly because it's a Mother's Day reflection, but she loves getting like the summary of where the tax has gone. She's like, look, it's oh, gone right. into like the roads and the hospitals. And I, it's so beautiful, right? It's like such a, I mean, her values are, well, two of them are compassion and kindness. And it just to, just to get joy out of paying tax, which pretty much everyone dreads. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but just to see like, yeah, just to get some perspective on that money going into these sort of things or uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful note to end it, Kihan. Do you have any closing remarks? Mm, nah. <laughs> Other than Happy Mother's Day. Yes, yes. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Solve for Greatness podcast with your hosts, Dr. G and Budima. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. See you soon.